0: With
1: former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betty Network.
0: Welcome to Hour Number Two of the Pro Football Blitz, a weekly tradition. We bring in Jeffrey Benson and Derek Stevens, the owner and operator of the Circa Resort and Casino, the D and the Golden Gate in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Jeffrey Benson, the fearless operations manager. Of Circus Sports, Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, and it's time to reveal the consensus picks for both the Circus Survivor contest and the Circa Millions. And uh, kind of a monumental week here—the final week of the third quarter of the season—and I did see some questions out on social media and whatnot throughout the week, and I had to uh, verify with Mr. Mike Palm. Um, This is a four-week quarterly contest. In fact, I texted you, Jeff. You were kind enough to fill me in on what's going on here. The final week of a four-week quarter here and then the final five weeks of the season will be the final quarterly contest.
5: Correct. We broke it up four, five, four, five. So uh, quarter two and quarter four will be uh, the longer quarters. Uh, quarter one, quarter three will be the traditional four-week quarters.
0: So we've got some money on
5: the line here for a few folks. The last week of quarter number three. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, quite a few people vying for that first-place prize of 171,000 plus. Uh, currently, we got one person who's 14 and 0, and then we have 14 people right uh, behind him at 13 and two. Uh, So certainly a lot of people up top there as they fight for that first place uh, in quarter three, uh, which should make it exciting uh, come Sunday. Uh, And then as well, when you look at the full season standings, as we kind of round our way uh, towards the latter half of the year, uh, Jay Jarvis, 117, uh, he remains the season long uh, leader currently. Uh, His record is 43 and 17, uh, so a little under 72%. Uh, but he remains in the lead, uh, which has uh, been the case for the last couple of weeks here as well.
0: Derek, of course, we'll get to Circa Survivor, but obviously since week eight, when the Cincinnati Bengals lost to the Jets, it's gotten really crazy. And I was here on the set with you guys two weeks ago, and the leader was at 76%. So not only has it gotten crazy for Circa Survivor, but now your leader has dropped about six percentage points. So <laughs> Some crazy results in the, in the NFL the last five or six weeks. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean to have have uh, um, this uh, leader Jarvis uh, pull a one and four last week, Ooh. and still maintain the lead by himself. It's amazing. pretty amazing. He was on such an incredible run. Yeah, and, and I guys- believe
5: he's he's one and a half points ahead of the next closest. Wow. So still, even with him dropping, you know that percentage points, like you said. Still having uh, such a you know sizable lead here in quarter three is pretty impressive. With uh, you know everything he's done, he's this got point. to feel like he has a horseshoe in his pocket. I imagine. <laughs> uh, Circa Survivor, the consensus
0: picks uh, went one and four last week, and the boys down the street at the Westgate, the consensus went zero oh and five. So a brutal week for con- uh, contest players. Let's get to those consensus five, the top five most popular picks. In the Circa Millions 3, Mr. Benson.
5: Yeah, uh, certainly no surprise. Uh, The number one overall selection uh, was the Dolphins, minus four. Uh, They take on the New York Giants, Sands. uh, The starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, Uh, that had 1,581 selections. Uh, The next choice uh, was the Bills, minus two and a half, uh, against Mac Jones and the Patriots on Monday Night Football. That had 1,232 selections. Uh, The Broncos on Sunday night football, plus 9.5 against the Chiefs, uh, was the third most popular choice with 1,202 selections. And then working our way down, the Washington football team traveling cross-country to face the Las Vegas Raiders. That was the fourth most popular choice uh, with 963 selections. Uh, And then last but not least... Uh, Bengals minus three versus the Chargers, and uh, that had 953 selections. And consequently, uh, on the other side, uh, the Chargers plus three uh, was basically the number six selection with 951 uh, selections. So uh, to recap, Dolphins minus four, Bills minus two and a half, Broncos plus nine and a half, the Washington football team plus two and a half, and then the Bengals minus three. Uh, that would be the Circus Sports million consensus uh, five here for week 13. James Salinas, you and I were just talking about uh, head coach Zach Taylor and
0: his odds to win coach of the year. Uh, We talked about that game with the Los Angeles Chargers as being a real tough one to figure out, and and apparently contest players can't figure it out either. The Bengals, the fifth most popular pick with 953 selections, and then the Chargers with just two selections different at 951. Uh,
4: Did you play either of those sides, James? No, I was on the fence both with that game as well. So, no play for me. I just think it's interesting. Talked about the number two over. I get the Dolphins You're looking at line value there, sitting at four in the contest right now, currently six, even some six and a halves in the market. But the number two overall selection, the Buffalo Bills at home playing Bill Belichick, huge game. We know that on Monday night for for the AFC first place. I think that's an interesting call that so many folks, and I, I get where the number is below the field goal there, but... Interesting that so many folks are trusting the Buffalo Bills in this spot, especially with the weather, because it is going to be really windy in rich stadium.
0: Jeff, are you seeing uh, similar action at the window with the Bills getting the majority of the love there in that Monday night game against the Patriots? Because, you know, it's been a thing, and you guys know as operators of a sports book and a casino, when the House is rooting for the Patriots, they usually win.
5: Yeah, it's certainly an interesting matchup. Uh, I think, obviously, with the way the Patriots have played, uh, you know the growth uh, from Mac Jones, uh, their rookie quarterback, what the defense, obviously, has been able to do. Uh, you've certainly seen them be a very popular team here over the last three or four weeks um, as they've you know been on their winning streak. I think with this game being under a field goal, I think you could see it oscillating anywhere between 2.5 and, and 3. I think you could see maybe some of the sharper groups or guys play the Bills at minus 2.5. Then, obviously, if there's any threes start to pop, uh, obviously I think you'll see some play uh, there on the Patriots. So I, I think the number's going to be in a tight range. I don't see this moving very much. Um, but I'd be looking to, to take the Bills here, uh, laying anything less than a field goal at home. Uh, I think it's a pretty good spot for them. I think maybe the market has overvalued the Patriots a little bit at this point in the season. All right, Mr. Stevens,
0: your turn. Circa Survivor, boy, we entered Week 13 of the NFL season with 28 remaining Survivors. And I imagine some of them probably took the Thursday game.
2: Well, no, and no. Uh, and the reason for that is you All know Christmas, if you go to right? the uh, well if you go to that um, availability matrix, we kind of knew going into this week we were going to see a pretty diversified uh, selection uh, selection group, and that's because so many of the contestants have already played many of the many of the teams. Right. So we knew on Thursday that no one was going to take Dallas because no one. None of the twenty-eight had Dallas available. Wow. Same thing goes for uh, the Rams and and such and, and Buffalo. There's no availability of those teams. So we knew we were going to have uh, some uh, some dispersion here. So it leads off this week with uh, Philadelphia Eagles with uh, with ten uh, of the twenty-eight selections. Second choice was uh, the Minnesota Vikings with five selections going against the Lions. Uh, third was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs with four. Uh, Then we went to the Miami Dolphins with three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with three, uh, Arizona Cardinals with two, and we had um, one individual who was the only individual that had Indianapolis Colts available, and he took the Indianapolis Colts, so we have one on the Colts.
0: And there's a little bit of a sweat already for those people that took the Philadelphia Eagles as Jalen Hurts has been ruled out of the game. Gardner Minshew, starting quarterback for Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, you got to figure that that can't, uh, can't uh, make people that have uh, the Philadelphia Eagles feel that comfortable. The good thing is, is on the news, um, the line hasn't moved much. I mean, we've moved at a point. I think we went from about a six and a half to a five and a half right now.
5: Yeah, I think when you look at uh, the millions, uh, this was at seven earlier in the week. I think you've seen a little bit of support for the Jets here, uh, but with uh, Jalen Hurts uh, having a bum ankle, uh, most likely uh, being ruled out and not going to play, uh, only seen this line come down uh, from six and a half uh, to about six in the market. I uh, could certainly move tomorrow, but uh, obviously, to Derek's point, you know the people who selected the Eagles uh, probably you know may or may not have gone that direction. Uh, I believe that the news came out at three fourteen. Uh, which is 14 minutes after uh, the deadline. Uh, so certainly, uh, you know, similar to some of uh, the the Steelers situation with Roethlisberger right. uh, and, and Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, you'll have a lot of fans uh, cheering on uh, Gardner Minshew uh, if he does in- indeed start for the Eagles. How about
0: you, James? Any of those selections surprise you at all or you find interesting?
4: Yeah, I mean it's just it's difficult at this point because we look at the Rams are the biggest number on the board, but obviously I'm assuming nobody had the Rams left available to be able to choose and select them against the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. But thinking about Minshew Mania, you also have the Vikings a little road weary, fourth road game in five weeks, and more so a bet against the Detroit Lions. I understand it from that perspective. And thinking about the Chiefs, that game has been flexed to Sunday night, so those that are on the Chiefs there get to sweat it out, wait through the Sunday night game. Uh, kind of sub- maybe and maybe that might be part of we've been talking about this too of maybe it's whether the Sunday night or the Monday night being able to put yourself in a position if you have any of those teams out uh, of any of those four teams to be able to potentially hedge yourself because you will know the value of your ticket as the day progresses Derek it looks like you have uh, of course the Bucks and the Chiefs
0: and that's the bonus uh, you know at the end if you use the Chiefs or the Bucks at the end and it looks like there's a few teams that still have those two teams available but obviously, seven people have gone ahead and selected the Bucks or the Chiefs this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things in the in, with, in this uh, in this game. Um, wh- where's the? Uh, w- at what point are you going to say, wait, I want I want to keep hanging to them for this potential bonus? But it's still a long, long road, to, r- long, long path to get there. So I uh, I wasn't surprised to see some Chiefs in Tampa, uh, uh, some Tampa selections here because uh, you got to you got to survive it. To get through it, so yeah. Seeing seeing the seven selections between those two, uh, I didn't really find that to be too surprising.
0: I think it's a favorite that will get to Christmas. Do you, what is it an underdog that we go have somebody go twenty and zero?
2: I uh, I think you know a month ago we were thinking yeah we're going to have a lot of people, but I think with what we've seen the last uh, last few weeks, I think uh, there's not going to be a need to go twenty and zero. I I don't think I don't think um, we're going to have one or all get to get to the end. Which is which is the way survivors got to work, you know. I think uh, I think you're right. We're going to get through Christmas here, but then uh, I think it gets uh, it gets condensed, and that's why I think the hedging strategy is so critical. I mean, I'm hopeful. Last week, everyone, um, the 28 that are still alive, plus the 12 that um, got knocked out, I'm, I'm hoping they were able to hedge and uh, and be able to make make some money. Everybody that's still in it ought to make some money here.
0: Absolutely, and boy, is that ticket valuable right now? Over a $200,000 value on the 28 remaining Survivor tickets. Uh, Great stuff, gentlemen. Thank you, as always. Uh, We'll do it again next week, and we'll be right back on the other side of the Pro Football Blitz right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin, from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are, like, you know, who's really Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon and the dude today. Creighton's never gonna win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton.
1: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler 24 7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Welcome back. This segment of the Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch. Is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com/find. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. Always enjoy the segment with Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson revealing what contest players are banking on in the Circa Survivor and the Circa Million contest this week. And James, we spoke about it a little bit there with Derek and Jeff in the last segment. No surprise that the Dolphins are the number one consensus pick. Uh, The line, of course, as high as six and a half now with the news that Daniel Jones will not start at quarterback. And this came out relatively early in the week. We saw he had some problems there with his neck. He was listed as doubtful. And I I think we knew early on that he was probably not going to make it uh, for this game with the Dolphins in South Florida. So a two and a half point or two point uh, line value there. The Dolphins come out as the number one pick. You and I talked about it. It is a little surprising. I think that the Bills are the number two selection. Uh, The Broncos, Washington, and then the Cincinnati Bengals. But You know, we'll talk about this game a little further, James, uh, when we get into the breakdown of the Dolphins and the New York Giants. It seems like we've seen it so many times this year, and it relates extensively to contest play because in the contest, you have a line that comes out on Wednesday or Thursday. So obviously that line becomes static or stale while the odds board continues to be dynamic. and, And that's exactly where we see contest players gravitate when there is a discrepancy. We've seen so many times this year with COVID or quarterback injuries, coaches, what have you, where a line moves significantly one way or another. And it seems like the team that has the line move against them always comes out winning the game. And that would be the New York Giants in this case. Do you think they have a shot?
4: I don't see why not. I mean, it's uh, thinking about Mike Glennon. It is a veteran quarterback stepping in. This isn't a backup rookie with very little experience, kind of stepping into this role for the Giants. But it's not just the fact that Daniel Jones is out. This is a beat up Giants team on the offensive side. John Ross is questionable. There's that. There's that term again, illness. Who knows what illness means <laughs> with John Ross, right? And well, as Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard, two other wide receivers out there for opportunities for Mike Glennon to connect with. They are both listed as doubtful for this matchup but i think we've seen at the running back position saquon barkley had a lot of touches last week against philadelphia looked pretty healthy finally after the the bad ankle injury that he had back against dallas i believe uh, two months ago so yeah probably gonna see a steady dose of saquon barkley but then on the other side you're thinking about the dolphins and i know you get it get into all these talks about closing line value all that good stuff but who are you betting on for starters and thinking about where the Dolphins are? Is, is this a Dolphins team that you're ready to trust? It's not a team. I know they've won a handful of games in a row, but think about who they've been beating and beating up on. And is this an opportunity for them to beat up on here? I think we've seen the one thing with the Giants is for the most part, regardless of who's available, uh, they are a very competitive team and they've suffered a lot. They've suffered plenty of their share of injuries so far this season, but they will definitely show up and be ready to play uh, in this game against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. So it, yeah, line value from four to six, six and a half in some spots now. Live is what I see in favor of the Dolphins. Not a side I'd be trusting right now with Miami. What about the Eagles? I found that very surprising to be the number one pick in
0: Circus Survivor. But James, I really think it's a case of maybe just who uh, who teams what teams are left for people. Uh, I mean, you look at the Buccaneers, an 11 or 11 and a half point favorite. Maybe they've just already used the Bucs. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs, a good size favorite at home. Of course, that's key. A lot of players in Survivor like to lean on home teams. But you got the Eagles as less than a touchdown favorite on the road. Uh,
4: Were you surprised to see that one come out number one? more so looking at it's a bet against the Jets and look well and what you have left and you're gonna down you start getting this far this deep into the contest and you may not have some of those home teams to have the luxury of playing some of those we obviously saw it nobody had selected the Rams so my assumption is without looking at that full matrix of availability I'm a gotta assume that nobody had the Rams left available to pick and yeah, I think the, the, the tricky situation is going to be if you're looking at this Eagles game and you're banking on the fact that this team has run the ball as effectively as they have over the last five weeks, how much of that was a product of Jalen Hurts, all the read options that they like to run. They've been lining up and just pounding the football too with Howard and Scott, and now Sanders is back. But now that Hurts is not going to be in, you're playing that one as as a contest. And I know that, that news came out with Jalen Hurts just after the deadline, but it was really iffy And that's why I bet the total under. I figured he wasn't going to play in this contest for the Philadelphia Eagles and now it's gonna be Minshew Mania stepping in there, but it's tough for a new quarterback coming in, especially that we know Minshew Mania Minshew's got the ability to scramble, but he doesn't have the running ability down the field the way that Jalen Hurts does, and how much pressure that puts on opposing defenses. So you hear with the Jets, yeah, at least you still are betting against the Jets because now with Zach Wilson back at the quarterback back under center for quarter for the quarterback position for the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, even with – maybe it doesn't really matter who's running or who's quarterback in the team for the Eagles. You still have the Jets on the other side, in particular rookie Zach Wilson.
0: James, unfortunately, you are not involved in Survivor anymore, knocked out a few weeks ago by the Atlanta Falcons with their win over the Saints. But if you were still playing here, here we are in week 13 with just 28 players. How do you balance just, hey, I I just got to win? I mean, I'm at the point where I should be able to win some money at this point. Or are am I? You know, are some of these people taking the Eagles this week because they're saving the Chiefs or saving the Bucks or or they're saving a powerhouse like the Buffalo Bills or what have you? And the Bills are just an example. Derek, I think mentioned that nobody has the Bills left. But I mean, are you still in the mindset of saving teams for another week at this point?
4: No, I wouldn't. be. Uh, right. You just got to get with because you're only down to twenty eight entries left in this contest and I'd be putting my trying to find the best one of as far as availability regardless of whether it's on the road or at home and availability as far as teams but also availability as far as players are concerned I'd be a little shaky with that Cardinals and only a couple people picked the Cardinals here but this not knowing if Kyler Murray's even going to step out there and now you're banking on I know Colt McCoy has played pretty well in the couple starts that he's had at least a couple of them didn't play very well in that game against the Carolina Panthers a few weeks back but no I wouldn't be saving any teams I wouldn't be looking ahead to to try to go 20 and 0 and save the save the bucks or save the Chiefs for that standpoint to get that extra million I mean great gravy on the top but you make it all the way through six million i think you'd be feeling pretty good about where he stands so find whoever you can win i think the other piece too would be i'd be looking somewhere where you have an opportunity to try to hedge some of these other sides so even hedge whether it's playing the money line against yourself like if you have kansas city tomorrow night Denver's not sitting at nine and a half. Does that even creep up to 10? You could even take Denver plus the nine and a half and or 10 if it gets there. You're going to know the value of your ticket by the time we get to Sunday night, how much more it's going to increase if anybody else lost. I think you're already up over $200,000 for the value of your ticket, I believe, or somewhere in that vicinity. You're going to know come Sunday night where that value stands with your entry and being able to hedge accordingly depending on what capital you have to actually put out there.
0: Yep, very good point right there. All right, let's get to a game that we have touched on a couple of times already in the program, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Chargers. I feel like this is one of the more intriguing games on the card this week, and I think one of the harder ones to call, and there we have it in the Circa Millions contest. You have 953 selections on the Bengals, 951 on the Los Angeles Chargers. I've seen respected opinions on both sides of this game, and I think you can make really good cases for both sides of This game the initial number I made was two and a half in favor of the Bengals my deeper crunch spits out two and a half and five in favor of Cincinnati. I think it'll be a really good game to watch probably the best two quarterbacks out of last year's draft class Uh, of course Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert currently James the Bengals are laying three points with a total of 50. What do you think can you find an angle in this one that'll get you to
4: make a bet or a play in a contest? Think you have to handicap the coaches here, and what are these coaches? You talked. What are these coaches' game plan going to be going into this matchup? I think we've seen from the Chargers they're just really not interested in committing any kind to any kind of running game with Austin Eckler, and I think he's a very versatile back, receiving the football too out of the backfield. But he's a very he's a very competent runner and runs downhill and runs hard and really shifty and and a small target to hit. But it's step back and let's put it in Justin Herbert's hands to throw the football, throw the football. And you talked about these two high-priced quarterbacks from last year's draft coming in, do they get sucked into that? Is it something to prove, whether it's via the quarterback and or the team, that they made the right decision to draft said quarterback where they did – do they get away from their game plan? Because if it's the Cincinnati Bengals, you probably want to keep doing what you did. The Chargers have the worst run defense in the league. They'll be without their best run stopper again in this game. Third straight game he's missed due to COVID. Is Linval Joseph not going to be in this game? And the last two games since the bye, since Cincinnati came out of the bye, they've committed to running the football with Joe Mixon in those two games both wins he's had nearly 300 yards rushing and four touchdowns on the ground because they've committed to rushing the football is that the game plan going in for cincinnati against the run defense for the chargers i would suspect it is but we still have to hand with half the coaches and what they're going to do in this matchup all right
0: very good we will talk some more about this game a very good one between the Bengals and the chargers and we'll also get to the game we talked about a little earlier the number one pick in the circa millions the dolphins hosting the new york giants when we return on the Pro Football Blitz.
1: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game You'll, you'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over, Under, and Against the Spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VSIN's here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Games, of course, we were talking about the Bengals and the Chargers, and at the top of the next hour, we will have a guest join us to talk more about this game. Certainly one of the most intriguing games on the card this week. Uh the Chargers are two and four straight up and one and five against the spread in their last six games. Now, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, you talked about handicapping the coaches. In his three years with the Cincinnati Bengals, he has won two consecutive games, three times prior to this instance here. And in that third game, he has gone 0-3 for straight up. You also throw in the fact that the Bengals are coming off of a season sweep of the Steelers. Maybe that's a possible letdown spot here against the Chargers. And you look at the pattern out of what we've seen by the Los Angeles Chargers as of late, James. They were beaten by Baltimore and New England. Then they beat the Eagles. Then they lost to the Vikings. They get a win over Pittsburgh. Then they lose last week to Denver. If that pattern holds true, it feels like they win this one outright.
4: Yeah, Back and forth, back and forth, but I think because of it, it's really so much of that is put on the shoulders of the defense not being able to get off the field and stop their opponents. They've given up 24 plus points in each of the last seven games, and it no consistency out of that defense there's some talent on that defense but ultimately it's the it's the middle of that middle of that front seven that just gets pushed off the ball and can't stop the run i think that's the killer for the chargers is they just they can't get off the field anytime a team and now they're worse than the league when it comes to run defense 145 yards given up have the chargers on the defensive side and wouldn't that be what the Bengals do? It's what they've done the last two weeks since they went into their bye. And you think about where the Bengals are. The Bengals are another one of those teams that were very difficult to figure out through the first half of the season, and especially how they went into their bye, losing it, losing at the New York Jets, as well as then coming home, feeling like, all right, you got to get yourself, get your mind right, and get ready, rolling into the bye, big home game, divisional game against the Cleveland Browns, and drove right down, and then Burrow throws that pick six at the goal line, and you flip from a seven, going up seven early to down seven and they just never really recovered then we've seen a complete change in philosophy or maybe focus or maybe the part of the opponents that they played but it's been a commitment to running the football because ultimately Burrow has been getting sacked. He's been sacked 30 times on the season. It's not a great pass-protecting offensive line, so they've reverted back to more of a zone scheme running the football. And Joe Mixon, really tremendous. He's fed off it. Tremendous outside thinking about his patience, his vision, and then put the foot in the dirt and and plan it and go. He's been tremendous the last two weeks. Like I said, rushing for almost 300 yards in those two games with four touchdowns rushing the ball. Can they stay committed to doing that, do the Bengals? Is this the game plan going in? You would suspect so, but my concern is I just don't know if I'm ready to trust Zach Taylor to get into that kind of running game again against a bad defense for the Chargers. But sometimes the, these young coaches want to start to show, and you think about where they are with the quarterbacks. Do these do these coaches want to prove that this was the right quarterback? I know on, the, on for the Chargers side, Staley we hadn't had anything to do with that last year, but... <sighs> I don't know. I just don't know if I can trust the Bengals right now to stay committed to the running game like I think they should in this matchup. The other thing that concerns me, too, Brady, at this matchup is a couple injuries on that offensive line, both with Reef at the right tackle position as well as Trey Hopkins. I don't think he's going to play. That's the center for the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: You know, it was earlier this year. uh, We've talked about this game quite a bit. It was really a turning point uh, in contest play, and that was when the New York Jets upset the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 8, and that came off of that huge win with Cincinnati destroying the Baltimore Ravens. Well, they just slayed the dragon that is the Pittsburgh Steelers for a season sweep. I wonder if there's a possible letdown spot here set up for the Cincinnati Bengals. But I did not get involved in this game, James. Uh, you know, I think there's just so many ways you can go back and forth on this one. You, you didn't do anything with
4: this one either, did you? No, and, and the other side is I just don't trust that Chargers defense. They were here last week at the Mile High City against the Denver Broncos, and uh, there was no fight. I mean, they just got pushed around on the field against the Broncos. The Broncos were just the tougher team physically. They seemed like they were the tougher team mentally. Uh, Herbert couldn't – he. He didn't look comfortable in the pocket at all. And I think we're seeing now because of the the challenges on the defensive side for the Chargers now it feels like Herbert is taking more onus on himself being the high draft pick that he was and the talent that he has at the quarterback position feel like all right maybe I've got to be the one that has to play hero ball I got to make sure that I sustain drives and we've got to score each and every time we touch the football because our defense has been giving up so many points we talked about it giving up over 24 points per game the last seven weeks so Young quarterback trying to prove himself. Well, he proved that it was too much for him last week on the road here in Denver. Now you're going to go on the road at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's got a good front. They'll be able to get some pressure on the quarterback. What? How does Justin Herbert respond once he starts getting pressure because he did not respond well last week against the Denver Broncos?
0: All right, my friend, Uh, I do a column every week for VEASAN's online digital publication, Point Spread Weekly, looking at the state of the NFL from a contest perspective and how it relates to contest play. And one thing I mentioned in this week's column is the Miami Dolphins have won four games
4: in a row. (laughs) Did you see that coming, my friend? The (laughs) Miami Dolphins. No, I mean, think about where Miami was at the beginning of the season, and and it was a tough schedule that Miami had to to go through to begin the season, but when you... After you win the first game in New England, where they lose one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games. Now a lot of those were tough games, and yeah, one was out in London against Jacksonville. But you're playing Tampa and Indy and and the Buffalo Bills. But it was more so the way that they got beat. And I think it's one of the worst offensive lines that the Miami Dolphins have in football. So that doesn't, it's not conducive for any type of running game whatsoever. We don't see any any balance out of the Miami Dolphins when it comes to a run pass, and it's not always balanced. Saying well, you got to go 50 50 and establish the run and and sometimes more so it's just in my mind for teams just the mindset at the point of attack we're just gonna it's not about how much how many times we're gonna run the football it's about how we're gonna be physical at the point of attack and we just don't see that out of the miami dolphins so yeah from where they were to where they're at now but you have to consider the teams that they've beaten They did beat Houston, they beat beat the Jets, and they beat Carolina with Cam and definitely the novelty has worn off with Cam and his return back to Carolina. The one big win that they did have was that short week at home against Baltimore but Baltimore really came into that game licking their wounds on a short week having to play Miami. So Am I ready to jump on the Miami bandwagon? Well, if you're looking at maybe potentially getting into the playoffs, not only do they have the New York Giants to on Sunday and how beat up that team is on the offensive side, but they get to play the Jets again do the Miami Dolphins as well as they're going to play at New Orleans. We've seen how beat up the New Orleans Saints are as well as Tennessee. That's another road game for them tough road game, but Tennessee is really beat up on the offensive side as well. The fa- it's been a pretty favorable schedule over the last month for the miami dolphins and they've taken full advantage of it
0: well like you allude to there let's talk about those four wins they had the baltimore ravens in a really tough spot the other victories have come against the texans the jets and the panthers now you look at the new york giants now i know they're going to be without daniel jones but they've won two out of their last three games and they've beaten the eagles and the raiders pretty good competition right there But they are really banged up. Daniel Jones, of course, out at quarterback. Kadarius, Tony, doubtful at wide receiver, along with Sterling Shepard. They've got one tight end who's out. Kyle Rudolph is questionable. Before all of this injury news, James, I made Miami a two-point favorite. And then when the word on Jones came out, it got up to five. It's currently all the way up to six and a half.
4: The total is at 39 and a half. Would you do anything with the total here? I mean, the totals dropped so much now in the NFL. My concern is both of these quarterbacks going to be susceptible turning the football over because both teams have such bad offensive line. I mentioned I think Miami's got one of the worst offensive lines in football. Well, the Giants are going to be right there behind them when it comes to the ineptitude of their offensive line. To pass protect. So what does that mean for both of those quarterbacks? They're going to be probably under heavy pressure. Will they turn the football over and give the defense, give their opponent a short field to work with that could put some points on the board? That would be my concern to play the under. We may see it. this may be an ugly game from an offensive efficiency standpoint, but having turnovers and short fields could lead to some easy scores for their opponents not having to drive the football too far. If anything, I might be looking contrarian to go the total and play the over, but more so with the short total and that number at six and a half and i see it being juiced to the dolphins in some spots out here i don't know does this get the seven i mean i i'll be playing the number if it gets to seven i don't know if it will but if it gets to seven i'll be biting i'll be taking the giants
0: I, i'm with you james you mentioned the word contrarian i i really considered taking the giants here in contest play but it's only four and of course you know you're, you're right. losing two and a half, three points possibly. Uh, to the market there. But uh, I think the Giants could be a sneaky contrarian play. But they're so banged up, I just didn't have the guts to do it. We talk about all the injuries uh, for New York. This is a team that's only averaging 18 points scored per game, and they're missing you know, possibly all these offensive players. Miami, meanwhile, in that four-game win streak, they have accumulated 16 sacks of the quarterback. They're only allowing 17 points or fewer per game during that winning stretch. So uh, it definitely looks like a mitchma- uh, mismatch the way the Dolphins are going right now and the injury concerns for the New York Giants. We'll come back with more in just a moment as the Pro Football Blitz rolls on right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's Chief Medical Correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults
4: are considered overweight or have obesity. Seventy-five percent of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.
1: Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You
3: made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game, bro.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: It's college bowl season coming up real quick, and the VSAN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games including insights trends data and predictions to help you make your best bets the guide is designed to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game playing contests or just want to find a key high value proper to the guide drops on december 13th make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 it's available at vcincom slash subscribe Time for our best bets here on the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, breaking down the Week 13 card in the NFL. And we've each got a handful of best bets here. And, James, I looked at one that we kind of have in common. I am on the Denver Broncos plus the 10 points. I got that pretty early in the week. And I did that just really an immediate reaction to the line. I really – I I, I shouldn't say I couldn't believe it came out that high, but I thought that was awful high – for a division game here with the Broncos catching 10 points at Arrowhead Stadium. So I took the 10 points. Now, you went with the under 47.5, and and, uh, you you would think that those are correlated. If the game is going to be low scoring, then 10 points ought to go a long way.
4: Absolutely, especially if you're on that Broncos side. If you're laying the ten, you want the Chiefs to go back to what they what we're used to seeing out of Mahomes and lighten up the scoreboard, which they, they've been having a little more success recently, have Kansas City's offense with Mahomes. More so just being not feeling like he has to play hero ball because their defense early in the season wasn't getting stops and was being scored upon almost on every possession. Feeling like, hey, I they I'm the I'm I'm the Ferrari here. I'm the one that they pay this massive contract. How big is this contract? Is it half a million or half a billion? Whatever his crazy contract is. I know he makes a ton of money, but feeling the pressure of making such money, and there's a reason why they gave him those dollars, and it's to go out and put points on the board each and every time you touch the football, but I think he's been able to dial things back, and Andy Reid getting dialed in with their quarterback to say, look, you don't have to make the big play on every play, a lot of shell coverage, a lot of high safety looks that they're facing, and let's just take what they give us, and I think that's what the Chiefs will do. I think we're going to see that out of the Broncos this week as well. Kareem Jackson safety position will be back or should be back. He missed last week's game but should be back there paired with Justin Simmons so those two guys are playmakers deep over the top. You're not going to see any big plays over the top from the Chiefs. They're going to keep all the Broncos keep everything in front so I think there's going to be a lot of yardage in between the 20s for the Chiefs in this contest, because the one place that they can exploit the Denver Broncos is at the linebacker position. So many injuries to the linebackers for Denver over the course of the season. They had to make trades. They picked up guys that weren't even playing football, and the mid season point just to put somebody put some bodies out there at the linebacker spot I think that's where they may be susceptible just because there hasn't been much cohesion with that linebacking unit for the Broncos but they'll tighten up in the red zone so may see more opportunities for the Chiefs to have to kick threes and then on the other side for the Chiefs Brady and this is why I like the under here the defense has gotten better and I think what we've seen from this Kansas City Chiefs defense is once they really basically tick Daniel Sorensen out of the safety spot, out of the starting lineup, and inserted Juan Thornhill, who's finally healthy now. Uh, that defense has allowed just 14 and a half points per game in the last six games since they made that change at safety, and they've gone five and one in those games. And it's really not only with Mahomes taking what the defense gives him, but defensively, we've seen a much more physical nature out of the Kansas City Chiefs. Think about a couple weeks ago before the bye, big game against the Dallas Cowboys. Sure, tackling that we saw out of that Kansas City. Chiefs. Chiefs secondary really coming up and tackling in space for some of those speedy players, receivers that the Dallas Cowboys have. I was really impressed with their ability to tackle in space, their aggressiveness up front. That line for the Denver Broncos is still really beat up on the offensive side. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of big drives and a lot of big plays out of the Broncos either. That's why I like the under sitting there at 47 and a half.
0: You talk about this game being played between the 20s, the Denver Broncos red zone offense. They ranked 26th in the league. Uh, On red zone defense, however, they are 10th in the league and it's basically the exact opposite for the Chiefs. They're pretty decent in the red zone average at 16th in the league, but 23rd in the league in red zone defense. So, you know, the the Chiefs are going to allow you to score in the red zone, but can the Broncos score in the red zone? So uh, being played between the 20s could work uh, in favor of an under in a big way. James, I made this number, and of course, we'll talk about this game in further detail later in the program, but I made this number four. I was not further off on any other line than this game when it came out at 10 in favor of the Broncos, and I made it four. And it's very interesting to me. uh, You know, everybody knows about Andy Reid off of a bye now, right? And we also know that the general betting public loves to bet the Chiefs no matter what. So it seems to me like this line is inflated because of that. You know, what's the true line? Maybe it's not four, but I don't think it's 10 either. I mean, maybe the true line is six and a half or seven. and, And hey, if the
4: Chiefs win by that much, then I'm happy. Well, and think about where they're at on well, the Denver Broncos. They're need to. they going to need to try to keep this game. It's going to be have to be the defense that keeps them in this game because I think Denver's offense, we talked about the injuries up front on the offensive line. Riser, they had a lot of injuries during the game. Both tackles were out last week for the Denver Broncos going into that matchup. Then they lost their backup left tackle during that game. They lost Reisner at the guard position during that game as well. Now, do they get back in here? I suspect they may get – they may – be close to fully healthy along the offensive line, however, uh, they're still very gimpy here. And I think the challenge now is you're going to go in Sunday night football on the road in Arrowhead. And for what our home field advantage is worth anymore, I think when it comes to crowd noise, how does that impact an offensive line that just hasn't had any cohesion together here because they've been in and out of the lineup so much. We maybe see some false starts. Maybe we see some delay of games or some instances where Denver has to, the play clock's running down. They're going to have to burn some timeouts when they wouldn't normally want to spend a timeout. And you're not going to have the dual threat of Melvin Gordon running running the football with Javante Williams back there. Melvin Gordon has been ruled out for this contest. So I think, I think the crowd noise is going to impact the Denver Broncos up on the offensive line of scrimmage. I don't think we're going to see any sustained drives from Denver offensively, and it's really going to come down to that defense just keeping everything in front of them and being able to be playmakers out there in space and tackle well because we know the speed of the Chiefs and a lot of the floods. They love to run those triple floods getting into that Denver zone. I think we might see a really big game out of Kelsey. That's the matchup I'm really interested in seeing here. But again, yeah, I think for 10 points, I'm not laying it with the Chiefs in this spot because I really don't know if that offense is going to be able to to consistently sustain drives I think they'll make some plays again in between the in between the 20s but that's where Denver really gets tough is inside that red zone especially with that secondary their ability to cover on the outside and those safeties are really great playmakers now with Kareem Jackson back in the fold.
0: Yeah, most of those guys on the Denver offensive line that you're talking about that are a little banged up, uh, limited in practice on Friday and listed as questionable. So I've got my fingers crossed that all those guys can be effective on Sunday. Let's talk about one of my other best bets as well. A couple games that we have not discussed yet. I've got a two-team six-point teaser on the Washington football team, Tease them up to eight and a half. Now, That is no longer available, but you can still get seven and a half. And obviously, you know, you're getting over the key number of seven, and that's probably most important at this point. I've got Washington plus eight and a half with the Steelers plus ten and a half. Are you a buyer on that one, James?
4: I think with the Washington side, thinking about Washington – The challenge is which Washington team are we going to see is that the Washington team that had all the pressure and all the hype preseason wise coming in and this defense is going to be just as dominant dominant as it was last season in the second half of the season that put them into the playoffs. Well, and then they started off two and six and it was really because that defense couldn't get off the field on third down. But then the last three weeks, they get three straight wins, especially thinking about the the big win that they had at home against the defending champs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's the challenge for me with Washington is I just don't know which team's going to show up. I suspect it'll be the latter, but you don't have leading taglers. Second leading taglers, safety, Landon Collins, will not be in this game. But then on the other side with the Raiders, Talk about a team that is just such a – it's been a difficult team for me to try to gauge all season long when you don't think they're going to show up and play, John Gruden gets fired. What happens? They come into here to Denver and completely blitz the Broncos, and then they have some really duds out there and through their schedule, and then they go on the road and win on Thanksgiving as a big underdog at Dallas. I'm not sure which team shows up for the Raiders, so it should be a close game. I don't know which one's going to win it, but you got eight and a half in pocket with Washington, plus the number there as an underdog. I love that side.
0: Yeah, and uh, Washington getting the 8.5 felt good to me because, like you say, the Raiders, uh, they're just so topsy-turvy, and they actually have the extra rest here in this game. They played on Thanksgiving. Washington played on Monday night. But, you know, I think deep down inside, the Raiders really are a mess for all that has gone on this year. You've got the Henry Ruggs situation, the Damon Arnett situation. I mean, it just seems like they have another crucial and uh, you know heartbreaking situation that really puts a, a wave through their team uh, about every couple, three weeks or so. And you talked about, of course, the John Gruden firing. That's where it started. And, and we've seen some spark efforts out of this team, but it just seems like Their inconsistency tells me that there really is more going on and and it's very tough for this team to sustain good efforts week in and week out. Meanwhile, Washington's on a nice run right now, so we'll see if they can continue it. We'll get back with the Washington Raiders preview uh, preview when we come back. We'll get more in-depth with that game as we roll on here on the Pro Football Blitz. Stick with us at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.